Welcome back to the Onto Something podcast. If we haven't met before, my name is Zane. And if you haven't been onto something, we strive on this podcast to help you bump into saying the words, I think I'm onto something. So without further ado, today we are going to work inside the relationship lane and talk about six simple ways to diversify your social circles. Without further ado, let's hop into the episode. There's this line in Michelle Obama's recent memoir, Becoming, that hasn't let me go since I read it. It's nothing that's profound, but it's keenly observant. It's an observation that doesn't have anything to do with the subject at hand that she's talking about. But in reality, it's a compilation of many small observations like this one that actually develops her whole purpose in life by the time you get to the end of her book and her story. Her observation is tucked away in her recounting of Saturday mornings with her father. Every weekend, Michelle and her father would hop in the car and zip around Chicago visiting family. This was her weekend routine. It didn't matter if they were distant or immediate or extended. If they had family blood in them, then they would be driving over to see them on the weekends. And this is where this simple but observant, some would even say obscure observation comes from. This line that caught a hold of me. Let me read it to you from her book. My father's family, meanwhile, sprawled across Chicago's broader south side and included an array of great aunts and third cousins plus a few stray outliers who blood's connection has remained a little cloudy we orbited between all of them though and i quietly assessed where we were going by the number of trees i had seen on the street outside watch it the poorest neighborhoods often had no trees at all, but to my dad, everyone was kin, no matter where you came from. Now, that's the line in it. Now, I haven't been able to let go of that small observation about the trees since my eyes saw those words. First, it's an extremely observant insight from childhood that still stuck with her after all those years. But secondly, It's a disturbing detail of how the land describes the social conditions for those who live on it. In essence, trees are life, their protection, their generational covering, and in neighborhoods with less resources, it's not only reflected in the social conditions, but the physical conditions as well. In essence, sometimes the physical conditions also describe the social conditions. And since reading this line, I can't not see it even as I drive through my own city. Her description is one that stays inside my head. What I've learned by walking around with this social reality is what or who is physically outside of us can influence our internal landscape. Now, here, let me try to say it in a less artistic way now of describing the point that I'm trying to make. Have you ever been in a conversation 
where you just could not understand where the other person was coming from. It's not that you didn't understand the words that were coming out of their mouth, but you couldn't understand the motivations, the emotions, and the conclusions that were motivating and speaking out of this person. Maybe it was a conversation about politics or policy. Maybe it was a recent controversy. Maybe it was a social justice movement, something that everyone was talking about. And you truly listened to what someone else had to say, but you couldn't relate to it. It's not that you were being combative. You were just being honest and you couldn't understand where they were coming from. You couldn't understand how their perspective could be so different from yours. We've all been there at one point or another, and it's hard to know how to know if we're not getting something that we truly need to get. Maybe an easier way to say it is this, is that we do not know how to get it when we don't initially get something. And the answer to this, to understand if there's something that we need to get that we can't get yet, is asking ourselves can we find a new landscape to be able to see it? A new line of sight. Often we need to change the surroundings for us to be able to change our mind. One of the simple realities is this. One of the reasons people reject difficult conversations, movements of justice, or reform of policies that could help everyone flourish around them is because their mental landscapes are influenced by their physical landscapes. We tend to reject important conversations and movements because we do not have the experience or the interaction with those who are being hurt by what most of us call normal. In other words, we need a different line of sight. And to do that, we have to have a different physical terrain. Many of the aches of our world are out of mind because they are out of sight. Many of us take trees for granted that's in our lives. Many of us aren't counting trees. Shoot, we're not even used, we're so used to the forest that we don't even notice any of the trees around us. Okay, I think I've taken this analogy as far as I can go with the trees. You get my point though. The hard work, the work that helps us get it when we don't get it, it's changing our surroundings. To gain a new line of sight, we all inherit a certain type of physical surroundings through the neighborhood or lack of that we grew up in, through the school and the school districts that we went to, and the places that we visited growing up. All of these settings over time become our line of sight. And to understand people who are coming from a different place, we also have to find ourselves physically in different places. Now, let me get very practical of what I'm pushing for in this episode to think about diversifying your social circles. I think we make this way more complicated than it needs to be. We also make it very in intimidating. And if we want to make sure our minds can be changed when they need to be changed, it first begins with changing our physical and social landscapes. So here's five extremely simple ways to diversify your physical and social landscape. I've even included two versions for you if you're an introvert and four 
if you are an extrovert. You know, why more for the extroverts? Well, because they still want to keep talking. Okay, you know what I'm saying. Amen. All right, here's the first one. If you want to diversify your social circle, one, go read a different author. Reading is dialoguing. Taking in the words of someone's different story and experience will expand your mental landscape and give you experiences that you organically may not encounter. It also enables you to have a diverse conversation over a diverse amount of topics. Number two, go follow someone. Now, if you know me, I did not want to put this one in here because I believe that technology is deteriorating us just as fast as it's helping us. Thank you, TikTok. But one of the most helpful elements of the internet is how it makes knowledge accessible to everyone. It eliminates traditional obstacles in accessing knowledge. Keep in mind that it also doesn't help us filter or test information well. But at its best, following someone online who lives in a different physical and social landscape reveals what you may not know about your own life. Okay. I use that one with a caveat. It's important to follow online, not a requirement, but we also have to be careful with it. Number three, go to a recreation center. Consider hanging out or working out in a local community center instead of somewhere that's private. Things like private gyms and facilities only provide access to those who have the same sort of means that you have in your life. It's basically a similarity and a priority that you already share with those people. But if you want to go rub shoulders with people who are different from you, go work out beside people who are in a different place than you. Okay, number four, go sign up for a public sport. Now, if you have kids, this is an easy way to rub shoulders with others who may not be in your school district or immediate area. Also, it gives you a chance for kids and adults alike to come in contact with one another, but still have something that they have in common that they can focus on. I don't know about you, but it's always easier to be in a social circle when it revolves around something opposed to I'm just blindly walking into a social event where all I have to do is talk face-to-face one-on-one with someone. It helps to have something to do. Okay, so here's number five. This is just so helpful and practical, and I'm ripping this one out, Jamar Tisby's. Uh, work. But the fifth one is go get a haircut. Consider going and getting your haircut at a local barber or a different salon in town. I will never forget how convicted I felt when Jamar Tisby wrote about how if you as a white male want to begin to understand the extra weight of walking around as a black man in the world, Go to a barber of a different ethnicity and wrestle with the predicament of wondering, will this person know what to do with my hair? That's the beautiful thing about barbershops and salons. Is there a way to help us intersect with people in all sorts of places in life? And the guess is you will hear some conversations that can't be curated, but you'll just bump into. And then number six, which I know is not going to be a surprise coming from me on some of this go to church. Yeah, I went there. If it's a healthy congregation, not all are, but if it's a healthy congregation, you should be running into people 
from all different stages, phases, and socioeconomic experiences. One of the bravest things you can do in your week is join a worship service where you are brought into contact with people who you may never run into, into having a central purpose for worshiping God. And on top of that, why people gather for worship gives permission and ability and empowerment to have conversations in a way that aren't handled like the conversations on Twitter. It's one where people are hearing each other. It's one where there's something that's unifying everyone above whatever the other thoughts or ideas may be happening. Now, my guess is if you explore any of these six options, you will find a different physical landscape that might just influence your mental landscape. It's through bumping into different people that people open doors into bumping into different ideas and experiences that you may never have otherwise. It takes intentionality. In other words, maybe through the words of Michelle Obama, my hope is changing up where you work, live, and play may help you begin to notice the trees or lack of that is around you. All right, mark it down for the books. That was episode number 53, How to Diversify Your Social Circles. Just know next week, friends, with the On to Something podcast, we will be taking a Sabbath week next week, mainly because I will be moving, loading, packing, and an episode just will not happen during then. We'll come back and we'll kind of have some uh, new ideas that will be coming up. I'm sure I'll have some updates or stories that are coming with uh Carolina and I moving our life and changing a little bit of our mission that we have as a family. But I hope this episode has been helpful. Know that if you ever want a transcript or reference to any of the stuff that's brought up in this podcast, you can go to ontosomething.com, onto something, no G, onto something.com, and you can always pick up a transcript there. I want to remind you, just as we always do, friends, especially because you're going to be waiting another week before an episode, do not forget until next time we are together that you are onto something.